Welcome to episode 68 of the Strong Style Story Podcast here at the PWOM Podcast Network. I am your host, Selector Jeffrey Wessel. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. The blog is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. And with me today, uh, not Chris Damaseno, he wasn't able to make it today, but instead we called upon... One of my, uh, one, one of our good friends, friends of the show, and we we've been on his show before, so he's he's kind of returning the favor here. Uh, host of Days of Thunder here on this very network. Please welcome for the first time to this show, Dave Ryan. Dave, how are you, man? I, I'm doing pretty good, Jeffrey. All things considered, I, I was just telling you off the air that Ireland has just gone into a, a second lockdown, so it's an absolute pleasure to be distracted from that Holy by chatting Christ. to you. Yeah, had some fantastic wrestling. Yeah, as I told you, yeah, I, I was informed about uh, uh, Wales going into a two-week lockdown uh, starting Friday. Uh, of course, you know my busting balls co-host uh, John is in Newport, yeah. so uh, yeah, that that's not going to be much. Yeah, we we've got it for six weeks anyway. So I've six weeks. Got- Jesus. I've got nothing to do during that time but but watch some thunder. So this will be a nice respite from that, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. Suddenly, I think you and uh, and Lee may be hitting a another prolific period here because you, you you're, you're gonna have jack all else to do. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think um, Lee messaged me shortly before we went on the air. He's he's watching the episode we're about to record now, and I think oh, it's just dawned on him that the rest of 1998 is pretty much all double shots of tapings. Uh, uh, Which yeah, has not I, proven a good formula. Yeah, I can tell you that from personal experience because you're about to hit the ones that I was at. Yeah, I think it's either the next set of tapings or the ones after it. It's We're the currently next, in it's, Norfolk. Yeah, it, it was the next set. It was in Indianapolis. So mm. it, this would have been the episodes 35 and 36 of Thunder. Yes, that's right. Yours were yours the Thunder's either side of the infamous man in the mirror uh, Ultimate Warrior moment. Uh, you know, honestly, it, I know it was around then. I don't remember if that was when it, it, it all timed out. I, I don't remember. Yeah. But it's in a red. I, I, all I, that, that build to Halloween Havoc 98, which has but, been a, a real trip. <laughs> yeah, well, I will tell you this. I, I, I'm going to do you the favor and let you know you're going to see a legitimately great match between DDP and Raven coming up. Oh, I, I have no doubts with those and, two men. And that, that was a legitimately great match, and I, you know, I, I'm going to need to sneak onto your show because there's a couple of stories that you're not going to... that, that wouldn't have made it to air yeah. from that oh, show. We'd, so, yeah. We'd be, we'd be happy to have you. We, we have people who I think maybe... I don't know if we've we've uh, widened enough to catch a lot of people who have been to the Thunder tapings we've done so far, or it's a case of where most of the people who have have been so traumatized they don't want to relive it. So <laughs> we'd be happy to get your war stories on the show. That's for uh, sure. I will because I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil you with something. I I I, I it's related to this program that I absolutely marked out because uh, those tapings were the first times I ever saw live a reigning IWGP heavyweight champion. So uh, stay tuned for future uh, Days of Thunder to learn the story of all that. So, so Dave, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we just yes. uh, finished a, a little minor thing called G1 Climax. Yes, the grade one. The grade one Climax, named for a horse race. I like to remind people. <laughs> because we also did do the uh if you go back in the archives of, of this network you can find uh 
you actually reviewed the very first G1 Climax mm. uh, on an episode of Strong Style History. I think it was episode 15, but I'm not sure about that. So long ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. oh, look, pl plenty of quality content to dig back on. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we had uh, quite a run here so far. We're coming mm. about five years of doing this show. It's crazy. Five years of, of, of bullshitting about New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, G1 Climax, uh, in case you hadn't seen, uh, this is a, a spoiler, but uh, we have our first repeat G1 Climax winner since uh, Hiroshi Tenzan in 2003 and 2004 as Kota Ibushi went to his third straight final and it was victorious over Sonata mm. in uh, what was touted as the longest ever G1 Climax match. But then I went back and did the math and it was by a mere 14 seconds that this <laughs> is the... Crawled over that finish line. <laughs> yeah, the uh, actually the uh, and Ibushi was in the the previous record holder. Ah. Uh, it was uh, thirty five minutes even when Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Ibushi in G one twenty eight two years ago. Yes, I, I had had a so I, I had heard that because I had a feeling based on the English commentary this thing was either going really long or really short because pretty much from the bell in the final, um, Kevin Kelly and, and Chris Charlton were reminding us of what the longest and shortest ones are. I was like, they're getting that in early doors. So I have a feeling <laughs> the, the, the time of this one is going to be part of the story somehow. So did did so you you watched English commentary pretty much the whole way, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. There was one or two shows in the middle, briefly when I was at the start and in the middle where I had caught up on myself and there would have been no English commentary available yet. But I'm generally, because I only uh, dip in a few times a year, so sometimes I, I don't have that context. I, I like to dip into the English commentary to they kind of will keep you up to speed nicely, even if they don't necessarily uh, sound half as passionate as the Japanese commentary whenever I listen to it. Right. Okay. And, and that's fair. And that's fair. But then again, you also missed, you know, Masahiro Chono calling uh, the final, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, he, These he, are the sacrifices we make. Because he got to have Masahiro Chono. Yeah. Uh, the coolest man on earth. Yeah. Rocking he, out there. He still looks absolutely fly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he, he does. He just looks absolutely fly out there. And co cooler than I will ever be by a by a, by a massive factor. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> didn't you? Uh, didn't you all uh, have Chono and Tenzan on like some of the early Thunders? Yeah, we did. They were. Um, they they came over. Um, who did they wrestle? Was it the Steiners? Um, they they wrestled somebody for the. Oh no, it was um, Jim Neidhart and. Oh David. yeah. For for the IWGP tag titles on a random thunder yeah, that, that was that, announced that, that show at the ten, top of the show. Yeah, that show ten would have had at that point. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we have had that, and we've had uh, just recently. Um, it was announced uh, like on a thunder. Incidentally, that uh, Scott Norton was the uh, the new IWGP heavyweight champion, even though he wasn't there and hasn't shown up since. Hmm. Well. Spoilers, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, the, 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 there was a time when there was actually some New Japan, uh, you know, blatant New Japan involvement. Not like the the teases we're getting on AEW programming now, 
yeah, the peeks through the forbidden door. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I've talked about that quite a bit on the last couple of episodes mm-hmm. of uh, Boom Goes the Dynamite here on this very fine network of <laughs> entertaining recorded material. <laughs> uh, so, Cody Ibushi uh, running a bit of a dynasty right now in G1 Climax. Yeah, three straight finals, two straight victories. Um, it, it It felt like because of everything that that's happened this year it 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 by the time it was over it felt like this was the right guy and and this is the time to to put that belt on him maybe um at the tokyo dome i i don't know like i keep getting reminded because he looks so young and still throws himself around like a crazy person that he's he's closing in on 40 yeah he's 38 years old so yeah yeah, but he he doesn't look like he doesn't look a day over 26 i mean and (laughs) just absolutely ripped yeah Yeah, and, and like it, it's kind of one of those things where because of his style and everything, you know, um, how long more we're going to have him at his at, at his peak physical condition? It's it's unsure. Um, so like maybe this is the time to go all in on on, on Kota. Um, I, I know a lot of people, you know, Sonata, who who he was in the final with, was like is a divisive figure uh, amongst Western fans in particular. I think. Um, so in that respect, I think a lot of people will say, yeah, Co- I, I, we're happy with Kota winning this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly would have been happy either way. And it, mm. it's good. It's great that Sonata made it to that final. Yeah, because it also builds up his story because, you know, he managed to get one back on evil now, yeah. too, for I, for stabbing him in the back. Yeah, I, I think it was Im- important when you you have kind of w- with the LIJ drama, for want of a better term, you've kind of spun out what Naito's doing. You because he has the belt back. Um, you have co- you've kind of put Hiromu on a certain path, and Sonata was the one where it, it felt like he needed this to to set him. Uh, on his own path as well to, to give, as you say, give him his own story to, to progress it a little bit rather than him kind of being the also ran of this whole story that's been playing out all year. Yeah, well, I mean, but I mean that, that you know, being an also ran seems to be, say, a Sonata's whole career because, you know, he was supposed to be the guy that Muto wanted to be, the, you know, the guy in all Japan, which then became, you know, we want him to be the guy in Wrestle 1 and yeah, you know, it just never happened. Yeah. You know? I mean, just you know, re- remember that you know, the, the you know the 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 day before he debuted in New Japan at Invasion Attack 2016, he was literally on the other side of on the other end of Japan working the undercard in in Big Japan in Hokkaido. Mm. So yeah, and, and I'm not like um, one of the people who's like super down on Sonata now. When my Days of Thunder co-host Lee Malone is talking to the island, says that Sonata is trash just to just to rile him. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be as down on him as, as maybe a lot of other people I would I would talk to are. I I think it's kind of my interest in Sonata depends on who he's in there with. I I think he's one of those guys is he's not going to go in like a Shingo and just have a great match with any warm body, or an interesting match with any warm body. But I think in the right pairings, I I really enjoy some Sonata matches, and I, I enjoyed this final. You know, I I don't mind Sonata at all. I, I don't mind him. But I'm also very aware that, like, he's kind of a cipher. Yeah. You know, th- th- like, w- what is Sonata? 
yeah. <laughs> who who is Sonata? You know, it, it, it's a little bit of a cipher. And it, 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 in in contrast to that, Kota uh, Ibushi now. My honey pointed this out is that when we were watching the when we were watching the final, is that the look on Kota's face now is he doesn't. He he doesn't look like a boy anymore. Like he's a lot more determined and focused now. Yeah, and I think a lot of his um, a lot of his interviews and stuff like that in around the G one have have reflected that all this talk of like becoming God and things like that. It's you know yeah you, you can view that in, in a lot of different ways. You can view it as, as quite silly. Or you can think of it as like no, he has acknowledged that now it is is his time to prove that he is a level above everybody else in this company, and he he has that belief, and this time he won't falter. Yeah, and, and furthermore, I mean, when you look at the final lineup, it's like, yes, you know, I, I said this on Twitter, it's like, yes, the, the fans do like Sonata a lot, in, in, you know, in Japan, you know, they, they give him a good, good reaction, but the thing is, is that they like Kota Ibushi more, and Ibushi versus Naito will draw the dome, even in the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. It will draw the dome. And they have mm-hmm. to look at that. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, do you see, I mean, did you see Sonata, you know, headlining the Tokyo Dome? It's like the same thing when we, when we saw when Evil was defending against Naido at, at, at Jingu. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you see Evil headlining the Tokyo Dome? <laughs> Yeah. And it's one of those things as well, where if they still have kind of, uh, you know, two, three years down the line, we want Sonata to headline uh, a Tokyo Dome. If they had put him in that spot too early uh, and say, you know, hopefully Japan is still in a position where they, they have fans attending their shows come January. But if he was in the main event slot and for whatever reason it didn't draw, you'd have to feel that he would be getting some if not a large portion of the blame for that so by maybe holding off on that and giving it to the at this time the more popular guy you're you're protecting him in a way right and you know that there you know, and you know uh ibushi made the the comment you know in the in the press conference this morning as we um that you know he it has to be naido that he wins the double gold from because it was it was Ibushi that opened that door for Naito to begin with, at last mm. G you know after the last G one, yeah because it, it was it was because I mean last year Naito had talked about wanting to win both titles at the same time, mm-hmm. whereas Ibushi had actually said yeah you know what if I win, uh yeah since we're doing the two nights at the Tokyo Dome yeah you know what I will uh I will defend against Naido you know for for the Intercontinental yeah. title you know mm. and well yeah yeah well then it it didn't work out and Naido ended up winning it mm. you know and that's been the, the going thread so I think that yeah now Ibushi feels like you know he has unfinished biz there too yeah but one thing I did I did like about Sonata coming through and being in the final here is that I think there was a certain, like, it did sow a certain seed of doubt, um, you know, between, like, will will they have Ibushi go back to back? And maybe it is the time they, they want to elevate Sonata, clearly part of their plan with this whole, like, uh, dissolution in, in a sense of of uh, LIJ with, with, with evil splitting off. Um, maybe this is something they want to pursue right now. And I found myself a couple of times 
over the, the the last couple of days questioning like maybe they would go with Sonata uh, and I think something that played heavily into that was um, the the kind of ongoing story with Ibushi's leg and I, I thought coming towards the the end of that match that, that that was the story that was going to be told is that once again Ibushi was too reckless uh, in that match um, uh, in his in his final match in the block and he's injured himself a bit too much he's not going to be able to get over that last hump of the final so like I, I did appreciate that um, I, I do want to talk about that match that he had in, in the block final because mm. if you if those of you who are out there have not watched this match you, you really need to it might have been one of the best matches of the of the entire year yeah. Because the only thing that happened in this match was Ibushi and Taichi kicking each other the entire yeah. damn time, with yeah. the exception of one dangerous backdrop driver from Taichi. Yeah, yeah. It, it was great, and it was part of this. Uh, I, I I was listening today to um, Steph Chase talk about this uh, this Kota Ibushi run and talk about how one of the stories of of his whole journey through the block is that Ibushi as part of his I'm you know going to become God at this point is that he was going to go and wrestle everybody at their type of match and then he comes into this final match in the block with Taichi and he just goes fuck it we're just going to leather each other for this whole oh my thing. God I, 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 I mean it, it took me like a couple of minutes to finally realize is like the only thing that they've done is kick each other and they, that's all they did for 17 minutes was yeah. kick each other with the exception of one you know with, with a dangerous backdrop driver from Taiichi oh, and then boy. you know the Kamigoe at the end yeah yeah, and, and it was great. And like Taiji's a guy, oh, I really want to talk up here uh, as a guy who, like, I, you know, I I could take or leave him in the general course of things personally, um, but uh, he had a, just a fantastic tournament. You know, I know you're you're in that A block and you are spoiled for choice uh, in right. terms of your your opposition going throughout. But I think after a certain amount of four or four point two five star matches, you gotta just give it up to Taichi. You know, like it's I, it's I, not he's I, not just a broom in there. No, Taichi came correct. Uh, it's true. I'm gonna say Shingo Takagi once oh. again made his his argument for being my wrestler of the year because Every single match he had, bar one, was a complete banger. And the one that he didn't, he actually managed to get like a two-star match out of fucking Yujiro. Which is a a minor miracle. I (laughs) mean... (laughs) Like, that's that's the... Like, Yujiro is the... Like, I I think of... (laughs) Of all the people in this in this G one, apart from maybe Yano, is the most obvious. This is your night off opponent we're putting in this block. Yeah, but yeah, but Yano's matches were all match of the year candidates too. Just of you course, know, just for different reasons. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> because Toriano is the the greatest wrestler on the roster just you know nobody realizes (laughs) i I think maybe the best placement of a match in the whole tournament was that yano goto match because it's like at the point in the tournament where you know the the stamina is starting to fade a little you're like how many more of these days do i have in me watching this and then you have was 18 seconds something like that yeah (laughs) i'm just like holy shit i'm out of the chair i'm good to go let's do this Oh yes, but yeah, Shingo, my God, yeah, Shingo is just I I he's a guy who like he's up there in in the like elite class of people who just 
pull you into every movement he makes in a match, you know, um, his intensity, his speed, the, the stories he tells, you know, selling injuries or, or you know, just with, with every little glance he makes at a match, everything about him is so absorbing and so engrossing and he just absolutely killed it in this tournament. Yeah, he, 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 he has a presence. He has a look. He has a presence. He talks shit through the match. He yeah. he sells like a motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, and he just and, and his moves look like they hurt. You know, the, yeah. what more do you want out of a wrestler? You know, yeah. I, and I love something. You know, I love dearly is like when you have the match where where someone's kind of like key weapon uh, limb is taken away from them, and I believe it was the. Um, which match was it? Was it the Suzuki match where they were working it around like just his, his pumping bomber arm is just yeah. dead. It's, oh, it's yeah. just hanging limp. And there's a couple of moments where just Suzuki just got his dander up uh, so much that he just said, fuck it with the arm and just still smacked him one and then just like sold the arm even better again. Oh, yeah. it's just That is my kind of wrestling. I love that. Yeah, so... Yeah, he, he yeah Shingo had a fantastic tournament. Um, if we could switch gears for a second, yeah. Um, one thing I, I they made Jeff Cobb out to just be a guy in this tournament, <sighs> yeah. And I I I question that. I I wonder if it's just because Cobb is not signed in any way, shape, or form. So I'm wondering maybe that's why. Yeah, it might be partly. Now, I had said um, to a bunch of people, because I'm kind of like over the year, I wouldn't class myself as the Jeff Cobb defender logging on or anything like that. But <laughs> I would say I'm a guy who, like, I've seen a lot of him live and I've seen a lot of him, you know, on, on VOD or whatever. And you always, when you watch a Jeff Cobb match, you see the potential there and you see that, like, if he could just make it up that that one more step like he's going to be like one of the the best hoss wrestlers to watch uh in the world and he just he never seems to quite consistently get there he has fits and starts i've seen him have great matches here and there over the years against a succession of people unfortunately that i will not be mentioning on this program for the most part um, but like, I can't remember him putting together a consistent run where I'm like, okay, Jeff Cobb might be the guy going forward since uh, he was Matanza Cueto back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's true. I mean, maybe he, it is. There is some consistency issues too. But I also think that I mean, you, I mean, New Japan loves them some some big beefy gaijin. Yeah, and they're it's not booking them that way. I don't think. You know? Yeah. Is he just the guy that like? Everybody, you know, anybody I, I've heard talk about what he's like in the locker room and stuff like that said, like, he's just the nicest guy and he's willing to do whatever and he's willing to make you look good in a match. And he's just very easy going to deal with. So maybe when when Gato's looking at the, the Rolodex of Gaijin, he can bring in for this tournament is like, oh, Jeff Cobb is just going to be a dream to work with. And, you know, people do like him well enough. You know, he's yeah. not he's not drawn houses by himself, but pe people like him. Yeah, I, I mean, was just kind of. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a willingness to do business is it will get you a long way in 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 professional wrestling in terms. Mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I was kind of like with the A block being as stacked as it was, I was kind of getting excited, thinking, right, this is the year. Like Jeff Cobb is going to prove that that he can be a, like a 
a force in, in in New Japan. Like he's got so many potential great matches in here in the group. And, and I look at my spreadsheet here where I like to keep my my you know good to great matches listed that I've watched and like I'm not seeing a lot of Jeff Cobb on here and that you know partly I would say I completely agree with you down to he's not being positioned in that way to be an established guy there whether it's down to the not being permanently signed or maybe they just don't see him that way that he's just kind of a body to have the the kind of gentleman's three match throughout the tournament with people um or or a case of that he's just not kicked on in in the way we all kind of hoped he would and you would think that in new japan against wrestlers like this if he was ever going to be motivated enough to just blow the roof off a place it's here but you know and i I don't want to say hugely disappointing tournament for jeff cobb but i'm definitely at least mildly disappointed yeah, it, it, it was definitely disappointing. I mean, he I mean he looked good in in some of his matches, no doubt. Yep. But yeah, I just think that yeah, they just made him kind of a guy. Now I am gonna point out one other mistake that that New Japan made in the booking, mm-hmm. which is that they 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 miss another chance at history with this okay. because they had Yujiro Takahashi beat Jeff Cobb on the, on the final day of A Block. Uh, mm-hmm. Yujiro could have been the first winless G1 participant since Tamaki Hanma in 2014. A dubious honor. <laughs> A dubious honor, but you remember when, if you remember 2014, you know, Hanmania yeah. was going on. Yeah, I remember maybe it was shortly after that. I was kind of my 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 buddy Mark was was throwing a bunch of New Japan matches in front of me and kind of trying to be my Sherpa along the road to understanding it a bit better. And are, 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 are you going to use that on Days of Thunder? Your Sherpa yeah, along? Yeah, yeah that, that, I'll write that down in the notebook. <laughs> yeah, you should. Uh, he, um, he, his his way of trying to one sentence explain Hanma to me is like his gimmick at the moment is that he sucks uh, <laughs> because of this uh, infamous run in the G1. <laughs> I, 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 I could have explained it a little better. Yeah. Uh, you used to be somebody, his, his claim to fame is he introduced light tubes to wrestling. <laughs> Another dubious honor. Yeah, right, but... Yeah, there was a time when Tamaki Hanma was uh, he he was when he was doing that series with Ryuji Yamakawa in Big Japan. He was on his way to becoming one of my favorites, and then boy, he just fell off a cliff. And yeah. uh, from what I understand, a lot of his career you can put down to uh, Yakuza patronage. From what I understand, so I, I for one, am shocked. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I if I, I got him fired from New Japan, lest we forget. <laughs> for a yeah. little bit. Shadiness in the wrestling business. Well, I never. <laughs> <laughs> Heavens to Murgatroyd. Um, <laughs> who else stood out to you in, in G1 this time around? Um, I, I think, you know, um, I'm just trying to look here at the blocks. And a guy who, like, I remember when when his turn happened, I was extremely not on board with it. But, um, you know, maybe it's for the fact that I haven't seen him all year, that he felt refreshing to me, and that I think he had a decent tournament was one Jay White. Um, okay. I, I, I Like, I'm not saying he completely blew me away or he's one of my favorite guys now, but I think he had some, some pretty solid outings uh, throughout the tournament. And I, I think he feels like a guy coming back after the pandemic. Um, I, I think he feels, I say after the pandemic, like it's done. Uh, yeah, right. But I, 
Uh, yeah, I feel like he's a guy who he did in a way that Jeff Cobb didn't. He definitely indulged in the quality of opponent he he had in this tournament and was a part of some really enjoyable matches. And he feels much more comfortable in that switchblade character than than he used it. It felt like an odd fit. It, it felt like oh yeah, you know the the good boy in class trying to act like he's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh yeah! No, oh, oh no! <laughs> I'm with you. No, I thought yeah. that I, I I loved his shtick through the whole series, mm-hmm. uh, through the whole tournament where he was trying to goad the crowd. He was trying to goad his opponents because the crowds weren't oh. cheering for him because, of course, they yeah. can't cheer for anybody right now. Yeah, you know? was it? Did did he kick that off? And was it the Ibushi match where he was really hamming it up? Oh yeah, he's <laughs> just like, go on, Ibushi, Ibushi, you can't, can you? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was. I good. thought that was. I thought that was. I thought that was excellent. I yeah, uh, I really thought that was great. And that's that's an interesting thing to me. Like since New Japan returned, is to see the people who I think have actually thought about well, how can I adapt my my shtick or my wrestling to fit in this era because wrestling is just different and people are consuming it differently and people right. are reacting to it differently and, and right. jay white is one of those guys who's thought about it for right. sure well i mean i mean like a couple of other examples for one thing you know the 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 absence of you know kaze ninare or yeah. you know naido's name being chanted you know pre-match yeah. has been pretty um has been pretty, uh, you know, relevant. But like Toriano, you know, now he does the spray bottle instead of, you know, mm-hmm. the water bottle. Um, yeah. Kanemaru and and Bushi, they can't do their mists. Yeah. Now, uh, Naido, thank God, quit spitting in matches. Yeah. <laughs> thank <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know. Um. And I think as well, it's done like not only in terms of making having like having to make people think about you know, how they adapt various aspects of their character. But I think as well, you know, for better or worse, like it has put a ceiling on on how you're going to rate matches or, or you know, there are some of these matches in this tournament I, I'm looking at that I, I've given like maybe a four and a half or a 4.25 that I think would have been pushed up a quarter to a half star, you know, in front of a raucous crowd that could cheer and chant. Yeah. Um. So like, that's why kind of on the whole, thinking about the tournament, I, I think, you know, it's close to as well as a tournament in these circumstances could have been pulled off, I think. But I think we're we're getting a bit too big picture for for that. Yeah, we're well, about <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we, yeah, I mean, we we need to though because you know these yeah. are the times we're in, and I mean, I, I thought that they adapted pretty well, and I mean, yeah. again, I really appreciate that they are sticking to the six match format. Yes, now, because you know now, you know, and we we're getting out of a lot of the endless tag rut, mm-hmm. you know, which I I think it's really improved the product in a lot of ways. Yeah, it reminds me similarly to the way um, people have said that maybe it is for the better of wrestling in in the West that the pandemic has pretty much killed the idea of WWE ever doing house shows uh, for the next few years. And, you know, for their guys, that is probably, uh, you know, for their health, it is probably better that they're doing less dates and those house shows were tanking anyway. And kind of, yeah, similarly over here, there are 
some benefits of the way it's made them rethink how they structure their shows. And yeah, uh, cutting the time so that like not everything feels kind of like an overblown lengthy match, except the the stuff that should. And yeah, the the dearth of of tag matches being uh, cut off has been really helpful, and I think has made the tournament as a whole more digestible. I think this is the quickest I've ever gotten caught up ahead of a final. Uh, in the years I've been trying to do that. Yeah, uh, last year I was pretty much out of the water because, uh, you know, because the G1 happened when I was in the middle of my move. So, you know, from, mm. from Indy to Chicago. So, yeah, that <laughs> G1 was kind of a, a lost cause up until the final yeah. for me. But, um, but yeah, no, it, it really has made the, the, the shows a lot more palatable. You know, you can mm. sit down. I mean, it, they're all done within two and a half hours. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. You know, yeah. Um, real quick before we we move on to some of the other things, who who else stood out to you? Uh, in the A block, I think you know it, it, it's only a matter of time before we get round to Minoru Suzuki, uh, <laughs> and I just I just love that man as much as he scares the shit out of me, and I will gladly watch him slap the shit out of anybody <laughs> in New Japan any day of the week. And like I had the privilege, thankfully, before all this started of getting to see him live once uh, wrestling Tim Thatcher, which was a religious experience. Um, yeah, right before lockdown, I, he, we we got to see. Uh, he, I mean, I, I've seen him a few times, uh, yeah. but uh, he came to uh, Warrior Wrestling in, in Chicago Heights, and I got to see him against uh, Filthy Tom Lawler. Oh, great! That, stuff. that 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 match was incredible. I, I yeah. love that match. Uh, what did you think of Tomohiro Ishii? Because usually a lot of people get on the Ishii train during mm. G1, but I mean, the the results, I mean, he, he wrestled well, but the results, again, just didn't work in his favor. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those, like, he had, as you say, he had a good tournament. He wrestled well. Um, but there wasn't that sensation. It's like, oh, is this the year of the cheeky big Tom Ishii run that he might, this might be finally the year that he, that he tops a group or something like that. You didn't get that feeling. You also, I don't think, uh, I, I think most years there's always the kind of, um, the grassroots campaign of, of an Ishii match being the, the low key match of the tournament. I, I didn't necessarily feel that as strongly this year, but like, you know, the guy always brings it in a G1. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And, you can, again, like you we just talked about Minoru Suzuki. I love that match. You want to talk about two tough guys just battering each other. And that's that's exactly what you're in there for. Um, what else was I? I really enjoyed the, his match with Ibushi as well. Again, two guys that you put them in together. It's hard for them not to have a very enjoyable affair. But I will agree with you there that there wasn't that kind of um, tidal wave uh, for Ishii that I, I have seen online or experienced watching the shows in, in past years. Uh, let's move over to, to, to B block real quick. Who, who stood out yeah. to you there other than the obvious ones of, you know, Naito evil Sonata. Yeah. I, I mean, like <laughs> B block was, was much tougher for, I think a, a lot of people, but for, for me as well. Um, it's one of those, I I've seen people discussing whether, they should have balanced out the names between A block and B block a bit better that they'd kind of done 
A block is your, these are going to be the blow away matches block and um, B block is more of your story block, your your LIJ block, if you will. Um, but I, I think the, the the match that by far stands out the most in in the B block for me is Naito Tanahashi, which was just one oh, yeah. of those, uh, one of those, you know, you always hear like, Naito's knees are gone yeah uh, Tana doesn't necessarily have it anymore but like on the right night when the conditions are perfect Jeffrey they these guys can still absolutely kill it and this was like one of those winding back the clock matches that I just I loved it so much what did you think of uh, Juice Robinson doing his uh, best Blues Brothers impersonation Oh, I'm not sure about that. Now, this is a guy who has had some, shall we say, questionable sartorial choices <laughs> over his New Japan run. But but I guess in some ways it has worked for him over the years that like he is so loud and bombastic and colorful that the kind of like inner personality of him being like that matches the, the garish gear he's wearing. I, I wasn't really on board with the Blues Brothers gear. Um, I'll be honest, I kind of, there was, I wasn't watching his first show live. So when I saw someone tweeting about him looking like a, you know, a cast off from the Blues Brothers, I thought it was some sort of joke I was missing. And then when I saw the show, I was like, oh no, 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 this is actually a real thing he's done. Oh no. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's not in like an all time bad getup gear wise. Uh, and I don't think it's something that's going to necessarily like cripple him in the eyes of fans or anything like that. But it's uh, it's, a, it's a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was bad. It just wasn't good. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things. I didn't think it was yeah. awful. Um, when, when, you're, when your strongest review is not as bad as other gear, then you know you've made a misstep. Uh, Hiroki Goto, I, 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 you know, I I know he's comfortable in New Japan, and you know he 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 was a dojo guy. He's a lifer there. Boy, is he's just not being used well. No, and he's a guy like that's he's one of the guys who like on the big shows you can always trust Goto to to you know put in a, a strong performance. And yeah, he feels like a guy. He's not going anywhere to be used better. That's for sure. He he's going to be here, and he's going to be in the Goto slot until. The, the world itself ends, I think. Yeah, I, mean, um, I, I still really think he would be better served elsewhere, but I, I also know yeah. fully why he, he's remaining, and I'm sure, you know, the money has a lot to do with that. Yeah, but... and I, I think not even necessarily, like, better with some time away, but I think maybe, like, not time somewhere else, but time away, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of as much a, his positioning as an overexposure thing, that he's just part of the furniture, um, and I think it, there would be a certain element to which if they, you know, tried to run with him at any stage, I, I'm not sure people would necessarily buy into it because he's been so long slotted in this sh- in this position. Um, I, you know, I like him well enough, um, but he's not a guy, you know, we, we've just come out from talking about the likes of a Shingo or a Tomohiro Ishii or a Minoru Suzuki. And I don't think in terms of like captivating you, he's, he's at that level. Um, yeah. I mean, again, you know, he, he, you know, unlike the other three, we just mentioned though, he's completely homegrown, you know? Yes. And you know, the, the thing is, is that he's just, he's just stuck. And, you know, in G1 and, you, you're you're 
You're guaranteed to get some good matches out of him during G1. You're guaranteed to get a banger out of him at Wrestle Kingdom. It's the the other 10 or 11 months out of the year, They the booking just makes him look like a, a complete chump. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to care about him anything he does yeah. you know yeah well like if you condition your audience with the booking to see that goto is a chump you have it's a self-fulfilling prophecy therefore goto is a chump right you know which is why like you say either you say you know if only he could be somewhere else for a while or like i was saying if only he could just maybe have just some time off uh and make a big comeback or you know it appears based on events we will talk about i'm sure at some point of the show that there's a reshuffle going on with you know who is allied with who if there is any sort of idea floating around for anything i'm not necessarily pointing him in a particular direction but anything that could give him a bit of a refresh I think he's a guy who could really do with a fresh coat of paint at the very least. Right, but I mean, I'm also going to, you know, point out that, you know, Yoshitatsu, who was uh, the the punchline to a joke around here, Yeah. I mean, he's really revived himself in all Japan. Yes. You know, so, I mean, the, 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 there's an argument for that, too. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I suppose money talks. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, uh, tournament, okay, uh, Standout matches for you. We've already discussed and, and, and gushed over uh, Taichi versus Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to look here. Uh, I've got, yeah, Minoru Suzuki versus Ibushi as well. I, I like, I just loved that. I, um, Suzuki Shingo, we mentioned briefly as oh, well. Yeah. Well, Shingo, yeah. any, any of Shingo's matches, yeah. I think you could. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of we we actually haven't mentioned them yet, and it's because of like reasons of, ugh. but you know, uh, you give the devil his due, and there was like a, a a couple of decent, maybe not as many as his fans would expect, but a, a couple of decent Osprey matches as well. In the yeah, block. well, I I was holding on to Osprey for because we were going to talk because and and you kind of transitioned into that a little bit too by saying the reshuffle. So yes. as I'm sure you. you Y- y'alls realize on the final day of a block uh will osprey turned on chaos and kazuchika okada uh in the company of b Priestley, who uh, i'm just going to caveat this with also is a horrible person uh, mm-hmm. in, in addition to will osprey but also uh, a, a the surprise return of tomoyuki oka Still yes. in his great Okan, not Okarn, he's dropped the R, yeah. but Okan yeah. uh, persona from RevPro. Yeah, um, and I think that was, uh, you know, it was a mild surprise when, um, when, when B came out. And then I think it was when the camera pans across. I think it was actually a very good bit of camera work where you see her first and then it comes as, as quite the surprise when the great Okan is there as well. And I think his reveal uh it was it was very well timed where you kind of the penny drops in that instance like oh there's something bigger than just she's coming out to support her man you know yeah um you could initially wave it away as oh she's coming out in the kind of valet role because he's a heel now you know uh but then when he comes in i think that's when you realize that you know he talked in interviews about uh, you know we'll talk about in a second building his own empire and things like that and you know the heel turn wasn't sudden like you you look at the, the way he's been acting throughout this whole tournament and he is 
just been playing up the prick the whole time. Right. Well, um, it was a, a, real, a real reach for him. Yeah. Well, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it was the same thing with Evil during the New Japan Cup too. Mm. You know the the way Evil was wrestling the whole time, uh, yeah. and then he he makes the final turn. But yeah, um, yeah. Can we talk about how how utterly British and tone deaf uh, naming your your uh, Naming your your unit the Empire at a time when decolonialism is, um, you know, a kind of a hot topic, shall we say? Yeah, uh, I don't know in twenty twenty what the wisdom is of uh, like naming your faction after either the British Empire or the Kasabian album of the same name, um, because <laughs> both are uh, hands off concepts in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. Oh boy. Yeah, you, you, do, you, do, you, do you remember when 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 uh, the Premier League feed with you know during commercials they would like just keep looping uh, "I'm on Fire" by Kasabian? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what co- a time that was. Yeah. Oh boy, it's like <laughs> golly, I could never. You know, if, if it wasn't for the fact that I already couldn't ever hear that song ever again, well, yeah, re- recent events. But anyway, we're, we're getting a little bit niche yeah. for uh, what. what I- what I will say about the name Empire is like when I think about like in the great canon of dumb wrestling faction names, it, it's probably like not as, like it will probably do quite well. I think once people have had time to, you know, digest it and, and get used to it. Like I remember in 2011, you know, looking across the pond again, when I first heard the shield as a name, I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard in my life. But within like a couple of months, I was just used to it and it seemed fine. So I suppose if you're grading on the curve of wrestling faction names, I wouldn't have picked Empire, but I suppose it will probably work. And I think um, the thing I really want to see is who is the next to to join them, because it's not going to be just the three of them. It definitely shouldn't be just the three of them. How long do they hold off before the next person joins? Um, And who will that person be? You know, I've seen speculation on Twitter, like, will will they pinch Zach? Um, That seems to be, you know, if they're going with the Empire thing, you have the the kind of... uh, the half British citizen B, because I think she has, Brit- I think she has a British passport as well. Um, you have Will, you have uh, Great Okan, who is kind of you can tell the story that he, you know, he's Japanese, but he was molded in in Britain, and then maybe Zach because of the also not only being British but the Rev Pro affiliation, because presumably when things are back and running, this will be a group that is definitely featuring in both promotions. Right. Well, and that's, well, and, and possibly a third one, I mean, it, depending on how active B is, because, you know, she's in stardom. Yes. Cause, for cause sure. she certainly is not in AEW anymore. Cause she, <laughs> she got shown yes. the door there mm-hmm. after, you know, taking, taking a, a couple of liberties here and yeah. there. And she will be one of the more interesting ones as well with the increased chatter of, you know, those two companies working together, New Japan and AEW. It's like, oh boy, <laughs> now she is formally attached, you know, on camera to one of their big stars, a guy who I believe like as early as a, as recently as a couple of months ago, uh, Jericho has said, like, if ever the New Japan opportunity was to come, he's one of the two or three people that he'd want in uh, to come in to wrestle him in AEW. Yeah, well... Yeah, again, I mean, who knows? Well, actually, we're going to kind of sort of address this again uh, briefly. But, yeah, I, I just, you know, the, the the unit could work. I mean, and, yes, it's good that Will is now heel because, you know, it, it matches, you know, him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
uh, and you know, just do, quit giving him a mic because he still can't cut a pro. Even though he talks no. bullshit, he still yeah. can't cut a promo for shit. Yeah, you need to like. I'm I'm kind of over the putting the like. I don't want another like uh, Gato or Dick Togo situation uh, where you're just putting him with someone like that. But putting him with somebody who does the majority of his talking, which is another reason I suppose why Zach would hypothetically work. Um, in that stable a bit better because he talks trash with the best of them. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it, it's an interesting one to keep tabs on. Like, not that we're interested on a personal level in Will Ospreay, but he is. I, I think you'd have to have blinders on not to see that they have big, big ideas for that guy's position in the company. Right. They're not just giving anybody their own faction any day of the week. Um. So well, and and it, and here's the other thing too is that you know. We're, we're once again coming up, it's been about a year, so I guess we're a year, year and a half, so we're, we're due for another Bullet Club Civil War um, yes. between Evil and, and, and Jay, well, Evil and Jay and Kenta, let's just put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Evil and Togo may, you know, they may find themselves aligned with this empire because... Who boy would uh, would young William be uh, shouldering a lot of the uh, work rate in matches with that stable? I mean, I mean, what you don't think evil can can can? Uh... I mean, evil is fine, I guess. Uh, wow, but like okay. he's not he's, he's not like I've not been into the the heel run uh, in general. I you know I, I liked him and Sonata well enough together. Yeah, um, but no, 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 no. I, I actually agree with you. I don't think that the I don't think he it, it served him very well, even if yeah. it, you know even if it raises his profile. I mean, hell, he, he's evil's now part of the the banner. You know, if you have the uh, the the Amazon Fire Stick version of NJPW World, he's on the banner <laughs> now. Yeah, so. But uh, um, yeah, another guy they have big aspirations for, so maybe that would discount him being in in a group with Osprey. Like, well, maybe that could be those yeah, guys apart. Yeah, that that's a good point too. I mean, I, I think for for the first time in a long time, I mean, this, I mean, the the Empire would be the first actual new unit in New Japan since Wilson Goldberg Nables, and that was in 2015. Yeah. So in, in some ways, like I've seen people say that, oh, look, are we are we reaching the stage of too many factions there? But in some ways, like five years is a long time for most wrestling promotions to go without forming a faction. Like yeah. it feels maybe twice a show AEW are forming a new faction sometimes. <laughs> uh, much as I enjoy their product, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, I I have heard some rumblings about the, 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 there's some rumblings about Minoru Suzuki maybe taking off again but you know the last time we thought that uh our minds got blown on january the 5th yeah when when he, he was assured of of showing up in noah and then you know he just shows up to beat the shit out of moxley and mm. we we all lost our damn minds yeah <laughs> and it was one one might wonder uh how the the year's current events has uh, influenced his decision to stay where he is where he's making a safe income uh, rather than go out on it, because it really did seem, as you say, like at the turn of the year, that that guy was kind of just going to be his own man, and and just pop up here and there, which is a very exciting thought. Um, well, that, that, I mean, there, there was it was it was almost assured he was going to be showing up in Noah, you know, mm. that day, and then <clears throat> he didn't, and then lo and behold, you know, the the, the surprise appearance 
uh, to challenge Moxley. Um, yeah. But no, the, the, there's, a, there's, there's a new company called uh, Gleet, G-L-E-A-T. It, it's mm. basically Wrestle 2, you know, from nice. the remnants of Wrestle 1. Uh, yeah. From what I've been told, but a lot more focus on shoot style, and there's some rumors that you know Suzuki may be getting involved if if you know this uh, th- this promotion turns out to be worth a shit, which they haven't even run their first show yet. I don't think. Uh, yeah. You can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah. He, um, he feels like a guy that if a, if a shoot style tournament or a shoot style promotion that has any sort of money behind it would start up in Japan, he's one of the names. Not only if you're promoting that, would you want to bring in? But I think he's one of the names that all the fans are going to go, "Oh, this will tempt him," you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and it's completely reasonable too. But I mean, who knows? Especially yeah. in this environment right now. Yeah, you know exactly. Uh, I mean, again, he was assured of going to Noah, and it just didn't happen. And then, mm. you know, that, that, so now the, the, the rumors are coming around again. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that's G1 Climax. Um, there were some things that happened at the final show, which we'll get into a little bit here uh, regarding Power Struggle. Um, mm-hmm. I did want to bring up though is that ha- uh, early in the tournament, um, Bushi Road held a board meeting, and one of the results of that is that uh, Harold May, uh, Harold May is basically out at this point. I mean, it's this week. Uh, the the head of New Japan America, uh, Takami Obari. Uh, becomes the new president and CEO as of this Friday, the 23rd, which is the start of the Road to Power Struggle Tour. Um, Mm. I think a lot of this is where a lot of the AEW chatter is coming from, too. Yeah, it it, it seems in the... Because it it, it almost tracks exactly to when uh, Harold was out and chatter on AEW programming started ticking up quite nicely. Oh, yeah. uh, references to New Japan and specific wrestlers within New Japan. Well, they uh, they, they, reaching... they they showed footage from Archer versus yeah. Moxley. Yeah, and reaching a crescendo this past week on Dynamite, as you will have covered, where Hiroshi Tanahashi's big smile and face showed up on the Jericho celebration. Um, actually, that was the same episode. Was the same episode? It was the it? same episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it seems like, you know, we can sit here speculate until the cows come right. home and, and, and solid I, plans there are. But yeah, and, and I've already discussed this and we'll probably do it yeah. again on Boom Goes the Dynamite. But I just think it's yeah. interesting that, you know, mm. it, it, it would seem that maybe Harold May may that there's been some talk that Harold May may have been the one who was the roadblock between yeah. AEW and New Japan doing bit. I don't know, because considering how. Uh, how how Kenny and the Bucks were actively bitching, mm. you know, late last year in, into this year. Yeah, I I think something I had heard. I remember hearing it. Was it the bash at the beach? Oh no, it was the Jericho show on the boat. Where I remember reading Dave Meltzer talk about how um, there's like a kind of there's a a Tony Khan. Cody, Jericho, and then the Bucks and Omega. That's the kind of like split in terms of, you know, who's booking what. And the the Jericho, Tony, Cody side of things really want to work with New Japan and the talent from there. 
Um, and it seems that's the kind of the, the war is happening on their side. And and as you say, we can only infer from the references that seem to be happening um, that Harold May was the roadblock on the New Japan side of things. So like, where it goes from here, who's to say? Yeah, well, you know? I mean, but I, I, I get the feeling that maybe, you know, even if May was the roadblock on this side of things, that uh, maybe Tony Khan finally told Kenny and the Bucks that, you know, Shut the fuck up. And... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm cutting your checks. You yeah. will do what I say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it, it's for the the better, I, I think, ultimately. Um, now, I, I think it helps some of those guys that are, you know, um, that there are guys in AEW that could do with being allowed over <laughs> on a right. tour that have wanted to do it. Obviously, Mox, we know with his contract situation, he's just going to go over when he wants to as soon as he's allowed to. Um, yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the one thing is that, you know, we're, we're going to discuss here briefly in, in Power Struggle regarding Moxley. But, um, yeah, I mean, Orange Cassidy was asking about best of Super Juniors and then, you know, Evil Uno and Colt Cabana both, you know, making explicit references to the World Tag League. Yeah. yeah, which of course um, then uh, El Fantasmo replied in kind by by talking about how he had a dynamite workout and uh, yeah, <laughs> even referenced yeah. full gear. Even though I still think they, El Fantasmo is a schmuck, but you know, yeah, they've they've all been laying it on thick. And you know, to mention another guy like Jericho is definitely not done with New Japan talent. No. I, I don't know whether he wrestles them there or they come to him, but he definitely wants to be involved more and is definitely talking up. Like you talk about Jericho, like in the least subtle way possible, leaking to Dave Meltzer this weekend that it, it was all his idea. The empire was all his idea, even though when you actually <laughs> read what Dave said, it was just that him and Jericho and Osprey apparently had a conversation about two or three weeks ago that he was giving advice on the heel character. So like, I, I don't go so far as to say that means the whole thing was Jericho's idea, because I think, you know, even for Jericho, that's, that's reaching a bit much, but, right. uh, yeah, the fact that conversations are happening, that these things are out there, and more importantly, that the talent either side wanted to be known that there's interest on both sides is is very interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you know, but you know, both you know, Jericho and Mox uh, already were doing biz with New Japan, and 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 so want to do biz with New Japan. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's gonna happen. I don't know how soon. Um, but yeah, Takami Obari uh, takes over New Japan Pro Wrestling this Friday. Uh, officially, as we head into the the Power Struggle tour, now they have not announced the actual tour lineups yet. Yeah, they they have announced the the matches for Power Struggle. Yes, for the actual Power Struggle event, which is on November the seventh, um, from Osaka Edion Arena. Uh, mm. Mind you, there is another major event. Another major wrestling event that day, which is uh, Full Gear, AEW's pay-per-view. But also, mm -hmm. it's also the Saturday after the U.S. election, and I just don't know how into wrestling a lot of people are going to be, depending on how <laughs> things go. Yeah. Florida may not be so much there anymore. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, there may be, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, people suffering, you know, existential angst right now. Yeah. You know, regard that it maybe pro wrestling may not be on their mind so much. But you know, with that being said, let let's discuss the card that was announced this morning. 
the it's another six match show, which again we're we're all about the six match shows now because they absolutely they just go by. Um, and you know the exception that proves the rule that yeah, after that five hour AEW event, <laughs> like. Anything over three, I'm, I'm going to start saying, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it better be Wrestle Kingdom, you know, before. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, is going to be two nights. So, yep. uh, they announced but that. I'll, I'll, I'll take two short shows over one bloated WrestleMania-sized mess any day of the week. Right. Well, I think there's a reason. Well, I mean, and we'll, we'll talk about this more as we get closer to the time. But I think that, you know, it, I, I don't... It, if it wasn't for the pandemic, we may not have had a two-night Wrestle Kingdom again because yeah. now it, we're going to have shorter shows and less people in the Dome, so this way it gives more people a chance to see it. So yeah, I think that's why they're doing that. But anyway, back to Power Circle from Osaka. Uh, the first match will be the Provisional KOPW 2020 Championship. Toriano defending that, that, that trophy against <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr., <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting one well, like, for... With a stipulation to be determined. Yeah, and that's an interesting one for, like, Zach, who I wasn't, like, he, you know, as I said, uh, massively gone on, on his G1 run, that this is what he goes into next is... It's a choice, I'll say that. Um, it's not the it's not the uh, it's not the match I'm tuning in for on this show, but look, like, like you kind of alluded to at the start of the show, it's Yano, so... It's going to be in some way entertaining, it's I guess. It's going to be entertaining, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, the match I probably am tuning in for this show, uh, the Never Openweight Championship, Minoru Suzuki defending against the guy who he took the title from, Shingo Takagi. Oh, boy. I, I'm ready uh, for this. Plug this one into my veins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be a banger. It's going to be crisp. <laughs> very, very crisp. <laughs> Uh, the third match on the show, Kazuchika Okada versus Great Okan. Yeah. Uh, now, do we discuss? Is this where we discuss the fact that Kazuchika Okada's actual wife is the the woman that Oka fanboyed as an anime fan? Because <laughs> because uh, she's a voice actress. I mean, I guess now's the time. Now's as good a time as any. <laughs> this is one of those times where Chris would have been really useful, but. <laughs> yeah, well, this is why you, this is why you tune into future episodes for Chris's breakdown of that whole situation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I I, I think uh, like look, this one unless you know maybe Kazuchika Okada is the absolute greatest of all time. If this is a great match, because I am not a great Okan guy, uh, really. Um, but I think given where it seems patently obvious Okada is going to be going for the Dome uh, against Osprey, this is probably what you want to do um, to further that story, but keep the two principles away from each other until then. Um, and now it will be interesting to see if he just plows through Okan, because it's something we didn't really mention in the group in the block breakdown is how, you know, Okada's whole story was, you know, does he still have it? Is he still good? Is he a spent force? 
uh, and then and his whole saga with trying to get a money clip on that didn't look like shit uh, that he could actually <laughs> tap somebody with. Um, and then, you know, surprise, surprise, he was working us all along because he's still the same old Okada and he started putting together some some much improved uh, classic Okada's type performances towards the end of the tournament. But uh, yeah, I, I it's interesting to see whether you have him further that story of being back to his best by having him plow through the guy in his first appearance. Uh, <laughs> because I'm not necessarily sure that crowds are going to buy the great Okan going competitively with the man himself. Well, I mean, obviously, and you know, they're, they're setting this up as a as a heel stable, so obviously, there's going to be some bullshit involved. So, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you can see shenanigans a mile off here. Oh yeah, so yeah, th- th- that's going to happen. Uh the challenge rights for the IWGP US Heavyweight Title, uh, Kenta defending against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, this is turning into the most protracted uh, title challenge <laughs> angle of all time. Because it, everything's been all one-sided because of Moxley's uh, unavailability due to travel yeah. restrictions and, and such. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, well, one thing it's, it seems to indicate to me is that the plan is that he will be back by the Dome. Because I would think if they had reason to believe that uh, they needed to get the belt off him to set something else up for January, they would probably be doing that as soon as possible. So going deep into, you know, autumn, winter, and uh, he's still presumably holding the belt, then I, you know, I got to assume the plan is for him to to be there in January. I mean, one would think and one would hope he's able to make it. But uh, yeah, you know, with with the world situation, who knows? And Uh, with the, you know, the fact that he will have to quarantine either side of his trip, uh, which will require you know, him taking basically the month of January off uh, from AEW. Well, you know, again, there is an AEW pay-per-view coming up, so uh, mm-hmm. who, who, who knows where, where this can lead. So. Absolutely. Uh, then we get a, a second challenge rights match uh, with, uh, you know, for the Wrestle Kingdom 15 challenge rights, mm-hmm. uh, Cody Ibushi. Your G1 Climax winner against Jay White, who did beat him during the the tournament so yeah i mean that's that's fair yeah you know. and like you can you can see that the result of that one a mile off um, oh, yeah. but i think it'll be good nonetheless again like i said i'm i'm more impressed with jay white as time goes on and the more comfortable he gets so you know looking forward to this one and then finally the main event will be the double titles the the, the double gold uh tetsuya naito versus evil because they had to they had to tie this angle off at some point yeah well well that's it isn't it it's to to get this little piece of business out of the way before you you put the the champ on the path to january um so again i'm not looking i'm not expecting this one to absolutely blow me away um but it will get the job done as you say of tying that thing up in a bow for now yeah and then that way we can we can get the 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 nice stare down between naito and and ibushi yeah. To end the show. Now, again, they have not. And here, let me refresh uh, my browser here just to make sure that they haven't snuck up the uh, <laughs> the, the tour lineups <laughs> while we're talking. Um, so th- no, it'll be it'll be as soon as you stop the recording, then they'll post it. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, that's usually how it works. Actually, <laughs> so the, the second we we post it, and boom, we here's the tour. But 
Now, usually this tour is the Junior Tag League, but, you know, there's no indication that they're doing that. And, you know, several challenges were made yesterday's show. You know, Doki, of all people, challenging for the, 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 the never six-man comedy titles. Mm. Um, you know, for beating Yoshihashi. And then, um, you know, Hiromu challenging... Uh, Kanemaru for the junior tag belts, and of course, you know Saber and Taichi are the tag title, are, you know are the are the tag uh, champions, and no tag matches, no tag title matches are on Power Struggle. Yeah. So either they're sidelining that, or they're going to happen during this tour that mm. has yet to be announced. Yeah. I- and I guess, yeah, it's another one of those things that without them releasing the full lineup, it's 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 unhelpful because we can't figure what the plan is with those belts or whether it's another case of, uh, we, we have no idea right now. Let's wait a little while. Yeah, well, I just got to sit on this for a minute. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I just think it would be a damn shame if we don't get Hiromu challenging for the IWGP junior title uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. So I, I think that if they're going to do uh, Hiromu challenging for the for the tag belts, then yeah, they, they that relatively quickly. Yeah, true uh, enough. But we'll, we'll, we should see. So anyway, that's Power Struggle on the seventh of November, and hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we will not be in a complete state of fascism by then. Um, <laughs> what one can only hope. Um, I, I did cast my ballot today, by the way. So. I, I've done, you know, everything I can do at this point. Godspeed. But, you know, at the, at the same time, it, it, you know, what the, the, this election is not the end. It's only the beginning. So let's yeah. just keep that hopefully in mind not too. the Hopefully not the beginning of the end. Well, it, it might be. It, <laughs> well, that, that, that very feels well like might be. The, the theme of 2020 in general. <laughs> yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, seismic shifts happening uh mm. soon uh last thing i want to get to do you ever watch the njpw strong shows on friday nights no i haven't i have been told okay. that like maybe i should peek in here and there but but i haven't yet myself um, i i have to uh, be quite frank on this show is that i have not watched a single episode of this since uh g1 started because why yeah, G1 climax is going on. I don't need you know the, the you know the indie guys. I'm no offense it, to the indie guys, but it's yeah. just like you know it, it, it all seems so feels so I don't know meaningless compared to when yeah. G1 climax is happening. And like it's a thing where like it just feels like a full time job in and of itself. Sometimes keeping up on 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 everything you you might want to. Uh, I thought when you know the first lockdown started over here, it's like oh the wrestling I'm going to watch, and it's like I really struggle to keep up on on you know like I said I dip in and out of um of New Japan. I I tend to watch AEW all the time, and then like short of that, if something is doing really well, like if Twitter is talking up a certain match or I'm seeing something on the Grapple app is getting four stars or more, I'll dip into that. But outside that, I I just don't have the time to go right. Here's a regular wrestling program, another one that I'm going to watch. You know. Yeah, no, I I feel that, but um, also I'm just gonna note that you know, judging by who's been on these shows. You will be amazed how many episodes of TV uh, you can get out of one taping session because <laughs> because of, of of Cobb, Kenta, and Jay White all being on these shows still in the middle of G1 Climax. Yeah, they have a lot of those in the bank. 
Oh um, boy. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of you know, another promotion I don't really want to talk about, but I think it was I think it was when they started that NXT UK brand had like the guts of three months in the can before they aired a single episode. Oh, and I just like, you know, of all the you know, of all the reasons, there are many reasons I don't want to watch that promotion. But like the further you shoot something in advance, unless something absolutely slaps in the ring, the less interested I am. And I think it's part of that conditioning. We're so spoiled now that we're gone beyond the tape trader era that we're used to getting things instantly. You know, yeah, this whole waiting around four to six months for a PWG dvd shit is like really tiring people so like i i think if you see oh this show is up on vod now but it was shot like two months ago it's like oh that is not anywhere near my top list of priorities you know yeah and especially when you know consider i mean it's it's the you know some of some of the disconnect like you know jeff cobb has you know various stages of facial hair when he had like you know this full beard at G1 and then like Kenta, yeah. you know, he, he was shorn at G1, but he had this mop. Yeah. <laughs> during Some choices with that yeah. hair. So uh, yeah. I will say as well, something I didn't mention about Jay Cobb, uh, Jeff Cobb uh, in his G1, the salt and pepper beard look is uh, it, it, it works for him, I think. Oh, yeah, because I'm yeah. still a little unsure on that. I, I think I I think it works. I think it would work in a better context if he came back to be the heavy hitter for the inner circle again than it does necessarily in New Japan. But you know, a man can dream. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not gonna you know far be it for me to critique someone's beard when yeah. Have you seen mine? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So. All right. I think we have uh, covered New Japan Pro Wrestling as much as we're we need to. For, uh, for this time out. So, uh, Dave, thank you for stepping in this week. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and plug thyself. Yeah, well, first, thank you very much, Jeffrey, for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure. Long overdue, I think, for another collaboration between the two of us. Uh, oh, yeah, we, 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 we may be having another one soon, so. Yeah, seeing as we spend most, most Wednesday nights talking away uh, about AEW to each other anyway um, uh, in the chat. But uh, yeah, so like for those of you who don't know me, I, I host uh, the Days of Thunder podcast on this very fine network, the PWM uh, podcast network that you're listening to right now. Uh, we come out every second Thursday um, and it's a podcast where, yeah, we go through the entire run of WCW Thunder to see uh, how much the initial conceit was, how much more or less sense does WCW make when you only watch Thunder and ignore Nitro? Uh, and we do the pay-per-views as they come up in chronological order. We do some special episodes. Jeffrey and Chris were on uh, our Pick Your Poison series where we talk about uh, one wrestler's body of work uh, that wasn't on thunder at the time but we talk about his wider body of work so you can check that one out in the archives uh we most recently um we did uh, an episode our very first uh days of thunder at the movies talking about uh you cannot kill david arquette which honest to god jeffrey is the best documentary i've seen this year um i, yeah, I, 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 I do need to get around to that one so it is it is so good. Um, so we broke that down for longer than the actual running time of the documentary. If you want to save yourself the few <laughs> quid of getting Amazon Prime, uh, you can you can do so by listening to us. Uh, but yeah, is that kind of like how Mash went on for like four times as long as the Korean War did? <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty much. Something like <laughs> pretty that, much. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so you can find us at WCW Thunderpod on Twitter. You can find me at the day to Dave, And I suppose he'll kill me if I don't plug him as well. My co-host, Lee Malone, is at Malone underscore 713. And look, everyone, if, if you hated me on this program, let's just say I took a bribe from Chris to take a dive to make him seem even better. Um, <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> that's that's what I, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, Jeff. I have a talk with uh, old Christopher about that. In the meantime, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Uh, the blog is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com, um, and you can hear me here uh, weekly as well for Boom Goes the Dynamite with uh, myself and Paul Sebastian. And uh, just uh, yesterday, I posted uh, the latest episode of Busting Balls, in which my uh, co-host John and I, uh, we went through and previewed uh, the Champions and Europa Leagues. Yeah. for this season I, I, so i i think maybe some people who who know the uh, the kind of things we talk about together jeff might be surprised that of all our common interests this was the podcast i showed up on <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. but i like to keep them guessing hey you know you know it, it's uh yeah I, I i i i i know you like the new japan too even if you're not as yeah. you know dedicated as perhaps myself or chris are but uh <laughs> but yeah no it, it's all good and one day I don't know. We we, we got to sneak you on to busting balls sometime, but you know, you you do realize that we that John especially likes to bury United quite a bit. So, I mean, look, we all have our faults. Well, you know, <laughs> for instance, I support United. Yeah, for example, yeah, that 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 zebra jersey. For God's sake, Ooh. that was do the cover. Do, do, do you actually listen to busting balls? Be honest. You can be honest with. Me. I do. I try. I try to keep up on as much of the net of our network as I can, and I try to listen to my friends' podcasts as much as I can. Now, normally, as I say to you, sometimes I can be up to two weeks behind on my shows, which is fine. And uh, and I know. I'll tell you what. You, you risk running me off with your your absolute slander about Dream Team, uh, <laughs> <laughs> beloved childhood classic. <laughs> I just love the fact that John owns two of those jerseys. Yeah. I mean, like, you would be surprised how many of them I would see in school growing up. Like, not only that they existed, <laughs> but that, like, children who were far too young to be watching a show like that had their, their hard chest United jerseys on. I mean, we we had to do that. And uh, we, we, we had to pay tribute somehow. But, yeah, that I, I watched that and I was like, oh, my God. God, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You gotta save, like, you gotta save maybe the idea of doing uh, busting balls commentary tracks for Dream Team and maybe footballers' wives for a, a hypothetical Patreon. Oh, man. <laughs> well, at least we, <laughs> you know what, we, we, we but you know what, we, we totally buried the English game because fuck that Downton Abbey bullshit. Damn straight. <laughs> All right, Dave, thank you so much. I know it's like past midnight where you are so uh i'm I'm gonna let you go so uh all right well thanks for listening to this the 68th episode of strong style story and uh, we'll be back sometime hopefully sometime after power struggle if we're not in a nuclear holocaust by then so until then take care goodbye